and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and the light on our journey. Amen. Our reading from John 17 today is one of Jesus' last prayers before his crucifixion and death. And some people have actually called this prayer the main Lord's Prayer, different from the Lord's Prayer as we know it, but often people call this the main Lord's Prayer, what we've had read today. And this prayer which Jesus prayed is kind of like a last will and testament. The setting of this prayer is in the upper room where Jesus and the disciples had celebrated the Passover feast. After Judas had left to betray the Lord, Jesus had instituted communion using bread and wine from the table. And then he spoke to the remaining disciples about many of the things that were about to take place. In Jesus' prayer this morning, he's saying that he, what he wants more than anything else for his little band of followers, his disciples, we hear there was 120. He does not want to leave them his carpentry business or say who can have his cloak or who can have his staff. Instead, Jesus prays for three things, or makes three petitions for his disciples. Firstly, Jesus prays that his disciples would be not at odds, but as one. He says, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. He's talking about unity. Secondly, Jesus prays that his disciples will be not of it, but in it. And he's talking here about the world. Jesus says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them in the world. And thirdly, Jesus prays that his disciples will be not swept away, but set apart in the world. In some ways, one could say Jesus is asking that the disciples will be valued as what is later known as Christians. Now, you may well be sitting there thinking, why should I care about what Jesus prayed for his disciples? What relevance has this prayer Jesus prayed for his disciples 2,000 years ago got for me in my life today with all the challenges of COVID-19, the health issues that people face, the relationship breakdowns, the inequality, the huge inequality in the world, the racism which is rampant in the world, and things like this. Why should we listen to this prayer? Well, when Jesus prayed on that day, that day, 2,000 years ago, he could have been praying exactly the same prayer for us today because he is asking his Father to protect the unity of the people, help them survive in the world, and be identified as true Christians, followers of Christ. Most people are very respectful of prayer. If you ask someone if you can pray for them, it will be a rare individual who will actually not accept the offer of prayer. We may indeed be reticent about offering prayer to others, 
and I understand this, res uh, this resonance, but it is amazing how many people accept the offer of prayer when it is offered to them. As Christians, we are expected to pray. Sometimes this is as we drive along in our car, sometimes at a quiet time in the morning or the evening, sometimes in a church service, sometimes when we're out in nature and we see the grandeur of God's creation. Prayer is a good idea for reaching people in our community, simply because many people actually like to receive the support of prayer. In our second winter of the pandemic, spring has a distinctly hopeful air. Our prayers for safety from COVID are being answered. They are being answered. Amid the new sprigs of green and the blossoms to come, our lives are opening up just a bit, particularly with the promise of a vaccine jab soon. There is the smallest crack in the door with the Australian travel bubble, and maybe some people may venture to the tiny Cook Islands since the UK, the USA, India, Europe and the like seemed a far distant dream for a winter holiday this year or probably for many more years. It's appropriate that this time of contemplating life post-COVID coincides with a season of reflecting on the days post the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples' world had become enclosed. They were fearful and they were very uncertain about what lay ahead, just as many people have experienced and continue to experience in the current world pandemic. The past year has felt like a very, very different world. Movies that belong to a science fiction realm not long ago, such as in 2011, the movie entitled Contagion, and in 1995, the movie entitled Outbreak, which was set in America where a rampant virus is on the loose, are no longer science fiction. They are our new reality. We have become accustomed to loss, have seen the sheer power and spite of countries who have not operated in unity or looked after each other as we have been called to do in New Zealand. Sometimes the trauma and the struggle change us deep down in ways that make it seem impossible to go back to how things were before. This is our new reality. Which brings us to the first crack of the stone, the first scent of the flowers, mainly daffodils and pots in New Zealand at present. And there is life beyond what we have experienced over the last 18 months. But the promise of new life is never straightforward, is it? We don't always recognise liberation when it's announced to us or believe good news when we hear it. Jesus' followers struggled to fathom the new world he talked about, which included his death and resurrection. When Jesus prayed for their unity, they had no idea of just how important it was to be unified and part of a team. Along with Jesus, we will never be without God, and God will never be without us. We are entwined, pushing, pulling, tumbling with one another 
The kingdom of God is here, Jesus tells us. In his life and example on earth, Jesus pressed against the fragmentation of groups, the racial inequality, the absolute greed, and all the ways society finds to claim life for themselves. And of course, the disciples do not know any of this yet. They only knew that their friend and teacher was to die, and they were told he would live again. What will their life look like post-OD, after the death of Christ? How will their world be different now from what was normal and familiar, now the familiar has gone? Which brings us back to our moment, this uncertain in-between time, when, we just, when we're just beginning to see how the past 18 months has shaped each one of us, struggling to make sense of what the vast inequality and ignorance that hold sway in our midst. We are trying to make sense of what to do in a very different world that will never be the same BC before COVID. Most of us know deep down we are now different people from when this COVID molecule was first released and identified. How are we to be Christians now? What are we to pray for? Who will we pray for? Let us follow Jesus' example. We say we're Christians and be bold and share our praying with others as Jesus did in John's gospel today. Let us extend God's love beyond our immediate situation. Many others need to be included in the joy of our prayers. And my challenge to each one of you today is to take a chance and ask someone if you can pray for them. And to help you with this very small challenge, I want to invite you to take the, a small pad that's in your, uh, in your pew sheet, and each of you in your pew sheet should have a small pad, a little one that's blue with white on it. Um, if you haven't got one or haven't been given one, there's some spare little uh, pads up the front. I want you to take a page, um, just use the first page of that small pad, everybody needs to do this, um, that you've been given, and with a pencil I want you to write your name on the front. Now there are pencils down in the pews, and if you haven't got a pen or a pencil, share them round. If you haven't got a piece of uh, one of the little pads, share your, get somebody else to share their pad with you. So on that page, the front page, I'm wanting you to write your name. And under your name, I want you to think of one thing that you would like somebody to pray for you about. Write one thing, three or four words, five words if you want to, um, that you want somebody to pray for you about. Now, I don't mind how much you move around the church, but I want you to explain with somebody who's not sitting beside you, 
and who's not related to you, I want you to exchange that first piece of paper with somebody in the church so that they're able to pray for you. I want you to get up, move around and actually give it to somebody, hopefully somebody you don't even know. This is about praying. So please stand up and give your piece of paper to somebody else in the church. I see people moving now, they're moving around, they're actually exchanging their piece of paper. You've got about half a minute to do this. Don't pray for them just while you're standing beside them giving them the piece of paper. You just need to give somebody your piece of paper. Don't worry if you exchange it again. It's okay if you exchange it again. Righto, can I have everybody sitting down, please, with a piece of paper that hasn't got their name on it? Just sit down with a piece of paper. Okay, I want you to look at the piece of paper that you've got in front of you. Hopefully it hasn't got your name on it. It's got the name of somebody you're going to pray for. Um, I'm going to give you two or three minutes in this beautiful church to pray for the person whose, whose name is on the paper in front of you. We're going to have two or three moments, two or three minutes of quiet so that you can pray for the person that's on the piece of paper written in front of you. Let us pray. Jesus prayed for unity. Jesus prayed that people would survive in the world. And Jesus prayed that people would be identified as Christians who pray. Let us show our love for others by praying for others. God is with us. And to God be the glory. Amen.